1: From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both
0: certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community, we are learning to live our
1: most courageous lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness, and empower you to feel your absolute best. Join us as we in our community share our courageous wellness. Today on the podcast, we have a wonderful conversation with registered dietitian, cookbook author, and blogger, Maggie Mahalchak. Maggie is a lover of food, nutrition, and all things pumpkin. Her blog and first cookbook, Once Upon a Pumpkin, which debuted in July, is full of sweet, savory, and delicious recipes using all aspects of the superfood. Her seasonal approach to eating and love of pumpkin inspires delicious recipes year-round.
0: Maggie's philosophy is rooted in science-based ways to eat more, stress less, and feel great about your body. All of her recipes are nutrient-dense, flavorful, easy to make, and fit a wide variety of diets. We have an incredible conversation today on her personal journey, nutrition, not letting fear hold you back, being food positive, and so much more. Also, if you are listening to this episode on its release date, December 9th, tonight we are hosting our first virtual coaching event at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. The theme is how to support yourself with food this holiday season. We will be sharing tips to improve your gut health, immunity, and enjoy food all throughout the holidays.
1: There are still a few tickets left if you want to attend tonight. Also, a portion of the proceeds from the donation-based event will benefit the Westside Food Bank. You can find all the information in our show notes. Enjoy the episode.
0: This episode is sponsored by Milk and Honey. Guys, I am so excited to share our new sponsor, Milk and Honey, with you because I have been using their baking soda-free deodorant exclusively for over two years. This gentle aluminum free baking soda free deodorant was designed to nourish sensitive skin while keeping you feeling and smelling fresh all day long. When I decided that I wanted to make the switch to a clean aluminum free deodorant, I tried so many different brands and each and every time I was plagued with those red itchy bumps under my arm on top of not feeling confident whatsoever that I did not smell. Milk and Honey not only never once gave me those pesky little red bumps, but also passed the smell test, even after some of Ellie's toughest workout classes. This is my ride or die deodorant, and we are so excited to partner with
1: them. Milk and Honey is a line of non-toxic, effective and safe bath, body and skin care products made in small batches in Austin, Texas. They source ingredients as hyper-clean as possible, which means both choosing organic and making thoughtful, informed choices on safe ingredients. Milk and Honey is a female-founded and funded brand, and in addition to clean deodorant, they also carry non-toxic bath, body, and skincare products like hydration creams, cleansers, soaps, and body polish, and lots more that will make you feel nourished inside and out. If you want to try Milk and Honey, you can receive 15% off your order by visiting milkandhoney.com and using the code CWPODCAST, one word, at checkout. You can also find the direct link in our show notes.
0: We have an exciting new discount for our listeners with Four Sigmatic.
1: Erica uses the Lion's Mane in her morning superfood coffee, and even though I hate mushrooms, I absolutely love the products, especially the matcha latte powder, which contains my mushrooms and adaptogens. For 10% off Four Sigmatic products, visit foursigmatic.com and use the code COURAGEOUS at checkout, and there's also a direct link in our show notes. Thank you so much for joining us today, Maggie.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Um, we're excited to hear about your story. Just to get started, can you tell our listeners a little bit about your personal background and how it's sort of ultimately led you to the work that you are doing now?
2: Yeah, so I am a registered dietitian here in Chicago and have always had an interest and a passion for food and how it fuels us and how different foods affect the way we feel. And that really started sort of in high school is when my curiosity uh, was piqued on that. And I have two older sisters, so they were getting into kind of health and nutrition at that time. And of course, I wanted to be like them. So it was really a natural fit for me. Um, So I studied dietetics in college, went on to get my... um, internship credit in order to sit for the exam and become a registered dietitian. And then while I was doing all of that, sort of in my free time and on the side, I just started an Instagram page and it was just really casual at first, just totally a hobby. And it was a place where I could just share that, you know, I was finding these fun foods. I was, you know, maybe making something kind of different that I wanted to share on there. Um, So it became my outlet really. And has led me kind of down the path that I am now.
0: That's so wonderful. And you know, your handle, and I'm sure many people listening are familiar with you, but you know, once upon a pumpkin. And so, how did your I know you also have a food evolution right that that led you to this place that you're at now? So, can you talk to us to a little bit about your journey with food and how I, I can imagine, right, as you start, Developing recipes and you're public on Instagram. Like, how did those two worlds form? And do do you feel like you figured out kind of your relationship with food and nutrition while you were living, you know, publicly on Instagram, or did you figure it out before as well?
2: Yeah. So, you know, I will say, kind of at that time when I started getting interested in food and nutrition and started realizing that there is a huge impact between you know what you eat and the way you feel but I really I didn't have all the pieces at that time right I was I was still in high school or this was early college when I was just learning about nutrition and so I, I I personally wasn't fueling my body the best because I I really didn't know at that time I was still going through my own journey and you know Going on a, a personal journey of body image as well. Um, you know, I think I don't have to say, I think everyone can relate to the fact that high school and college for women brings up a lot of things that make you look at yourself and want to pick yourself apart and constantly change something about yourself. And so I was definitely in that boat. Meanwhile, learning about nutrition, like learning that, okay, like certain foods have a huge impact on our overall health, our health today, our health tomorrow. And so really, that all came together for me, um, probably as I was, you know, just finishing up with college, and I I sort of had made peace with my body and myself at that point. Um, Again, you know, I feel like we've all had those moments. And and it comes up. I I really think it is a journey. So I think there will never be a time when I'm like, okay, yep, totally over all of those insecurities that I once had. But I think having the nutrition knowledge that I do and and obviously, you know, so excited to share that with other people. And then, you know, having that kind of experience where I I was so, you know, nitpicky about myself and didn't like what I saw in the mirror. And then realizing like, okay, you know what, this this is sort of like an unhealthy relationship with that. And when I put the nutrition puzzle pieces together and sort of take a step back, I'm like, okay, there are so many things to be thankful for your body that your body allows you to do. And that, you know, you have a healthy body that you can do all of those things. And so I think putting it into perspective took a lot of time. And I think some of that comes with maturity as well. Um, to any of the women listening out there who may be experiencing something similar, but um yeah, then sort of bridging that to Instagram, it's interesting that you said that because when I started kind of opening up and talking about my body love journey on Instagram, um I started noticing that that is a huge topic that, you know, so many women struggle with. And I think sometimes Instagram can be part of the problem unfortunately. And so I try to have a safe space where I approach the topic in a way that I hope that other women can relate to and feel that they want to, um, you know, read more about, you know, what I have to say about it, instead of, you know, a way that sometimes is seen on Instagram of like, making you feel worse about the way you look, because everything looks perfect and beautiful. And that's not always real life. So trying to bring it back down to real life and talk to millennial women who are going through similar, similar things.
1: Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think it's incredibly relatable. And as you know, as people who now are um, aware of your work and your Instagram, your content is so beautiful, but has this, um, like you said, there's an awareness. It's not, um, you know, obviously like social media is a curated place. We know that everybody curates it but, and even from a business perspective, it's curated, but like to have, um, a point of view. And for me, when I see your feed alone, let alone like going to your site, um, there's a lot of like food positivity and it like, it's delicious. It looks really joyful. There's like a fun component, especially with the pumpkin aspect of it, which like, you know, we all love and, um, And sort of like, especially in the fall, kind of fall into that like cozy and sort of like homey vibe, especially this year. I think people have been more than ever really indulging that part um, of their lives, A, because we have been at home, but also because there's a comfort aspect to it. And, you know, Eric and I often talk about the emotional component of food and yeah, the emotional component can sometimes be problematic, but the emotional component can also be like really joyful and wonderful. And so I think that's a really kind of cool aspect about the content that you present. I always just like, it's inspiring. It's fun. It's creative. Um, But I'm curious, like with your background as an RD and having done, you know, you're talking about your Uh, clinical experience or like the intern rotations that you have to do right in a hospital. I'm curious, now that you've sort of ventured out on your own rather than taking that path in the medical world, um, what, I guess my question is, what was that experience like and what did it help you inform or how did it help you inform the kind of brand um you now have, and also the work you do that like that mindset,
2: yeah, well, thank you so much for saying those really kind words about my brand and and that it makes you feel joyful when you see it, and like the word food pot the words food positivity, I love that. I will be using that somewhere um because that's that is so true, just to touch on the emotional side of things, as you said for a second, I think pumpkin itself is that nostalgic warm cozy vibe that you know yes this year we were all craving so much more but just in general and you're right like looking at food in a way that it is comforting it is emotional it makes us feel good I think there's not enough of that out there because there is so much demonizing of certain foods and making sure you stay away from certain foods because they're bad. So taking on this as- this aspect of like fun seasonal foods has been really exciting for me. I mean, it started with just a focus on pumpkin. I was like, just pumpkin in the fall, but as you know, being an RD and just passionate about all types of foods and their health benefits, just diversifying that with fun seasonal foods and always carrying that message of like um, this, can help you feel great in so many different ways. And and we can celebrate all types of foods and not demonize them. And they can be fun and you can incorporate them into your diet in different ways. So that was on the first part. Mm-hmm. The second thing about what you said was kind of how, no, how knowing, how I knew that I didn't want to do kind of the clinical route, which led me to the work now. Yeah. So I knew that I, I was not passionate about working in a clinical setting, although I do think about that experience often because it, it really does like lay the groundwork for nutrition knowledge. So while I think it's important to have, um, I knew that wasn't the right route for me. And then my first job out of the internship was actually at a PR firm in New York City. And I got to do a lot of really cool nutrition communications work there as a dietitian. And I had no idea that dietitians could work for a PR firm. I had no idea the scope of work that they were working with dietitians to do. And so it opened up this whole other world for me, like, wow, you know, I knew that I liked to write, I knew that I liked to do creative type projects and I really got to do that at the PR firm. It was, it was an amazing experience, but then what sort of started creeping in was I was sort of on the back end of things in, in terms of influencer marketing was just starting to pick up. We were just starting to work with dietitians who created recipes and who had blogs. And so I was the one like scheduling all of those things with them, putting our dietitians on TV and i started to feel like pretty envious. i was like i want to be doing these things. i don't want to just be scheduling it for somebody else. meanwhile i had my blog going in the background and you know i had to be very careful with that. if if i did want to talk about a brand like i really could not. i couldn't just share like hey i'm eating this type of ice cream because when you are at a type of global firm like that, there's just a lot of firewalls up and obviously, you know, they needed to be protective of their brand. So I couldn't do much in turn to grow my page. And then, yeah, one day I was just like, you know what, I'm going to take the leap this fall and take my nutrition communication skills and hone in on my own brand and see what happens.
1: That's, that's so exciting. It's so fun. It's also scary, but it's fun when you hear those like aspects of other people's stories, because I think people can relate to that, whatever their field might be, where it's like sometimes taking that leap. Like Erica and I always talk about, it's like, you're never really ready to do that. You just have to do it because you could wait forever to be ready. So like, and then seeing sort of the results or the growth from that as well is so, um, it's, it's only something you can see like with hindsight, but it's exciting because it's like those moments of taking that, you know, having that courage to take the leap where um, real kind of creative growth can happen.
2: Exactly, and you know, I sort of was, you know, prepared to. I was like, you know what, I'm gonna try this out. It was the fall of 2017, and I was like, pumpkin season's coming up. I'm really gonna like do it up and post all the things I want to be posting and just share fun stuff. And, you know, again, like I'm just, I, I, I kind of went into it being like, okay, but but if I need to go back and get my full time job back, like maybe I still would. Like, let's just see what happens now. But I'm not sure, you know, and just like you said, sometimes you have to take um, that unexpected leap and, and you can only see it in hindsight. And, and I always tell that story too, because I know a lot of people who are in my boat or maybe have a side hustle and they're not sure if they're ready to take the next step, but you're never going to be ready.
0: Yeah, no, that's so true. And it's also like that fear, right? We, we did an episode about this recently as well, but it's like the fear that can hold us back. It's, it's like you said, I could always just go back, right? Like there's no, the fear of failure in the sense of, well, if I fail or it doesn't work out, then what, then, then what, you know, your friends and family are still going to support you. You'll have tried. And I think more often than not, you will have succeeded, but if you don't even try the alternative is just not ever knowing and not living like i think that full complete life and i think this year of 2020 has really shown all of us and especially like there's no there's no time other than right now right like we don't know what's going to happen and i think the opinions of other people or not living your truth it's there's just no point in not doing it because everything could change tomorrow and yeah, it's just it's just really courageous and wonderful what you did in your example and I think what all of us can and and should do is live our authentic truths.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I and I agree with everything you just said because yeah, what what is failure? You know, I had to just you just have to level it out for yourself like there is no failure and you'll you will do what you need to do and that'll be okay too and if it doesn't work out the first time you may learn something that then you can take with you into your future journey, however that may change and so whatever picture perfect thought I had of how it would look when I you know first quit my job, I mean that wasn't the case. it wasn't that picture, but i I still had to stick with it you know I, I'm not saying it was totally easy, and nobody's journey will be, but hundred percent worth it,
0: yeah, so now. Can we talk a little bit about the name and the book and everything pumpkin? Because, you know, this year I love I love pumpkin year round. I keep cans of pumpkin in my cupboard. Um, Allie actually for my birthday this year gave me your cookbook.
1: I think and- that's honestly how we discovered you because I was looking for a birthday present for Erica. And I was like, I have to buy her this book. So um, anyway, that's a little fun fact, side note, but yes.
0: Yeah, no. So, you know, can we talk a little bit about have you always loved pumpkin? What are the nutritional values of pumpkin? And like you mentioned, your focus on like seasonal eating I think is so – important and interesting so maybe if we could start there and then i'm sure we're gonna go a million places
2: yeah so i kind of done this but i i started one that just completely as a hobby i don't even know how i came up with the name i think i had maybe like two other names in the running but stuck with once upon a pumpkin. And, um, I was in my dietetic internship and one of my friends was like commenting on how I was bringing all of these pumpkin foods into my, in my lunch. Like I had a pumpkin yogurt I had pumpkin spice granola. It was at the time when Trader Joe's was like exploding with pumpkin stuff for the, for one of the first times when it was really growing there. Like now it's like pumpkin palooza before it was like a little more tame. So when all these items started coming out in the fall, like I was packing them into my lunch, we were sitting there, she's like, wow, like you should really show people that you're like finding all these pumpkin things and um, like, you know, what you think about them. And so that's kind of how it started and, then i i was like wow there are so many pumpkin lovers out there and as i've gone on just like you said like realize that there is a community that loves pumpkin year round and especially in the fall and so it's such a fun special time to connect with people on what they are doing with pumpkin and how they're enjoying it because it is so versatile i mean honestly i feel like there is no other vegetable which technically it's a fruit but There's no other vegetable that you can like pick, like you can pick a pumpkin, carve it, use the puree in sweet stuff, in savory stuff, eat the seeds. I mean, there are many different topics I've been able to touch on and use pumpkins in so many different ways. And honestly, once I started to get going and and I just love the flavor in general and everything, I just feel like it's so cozy and delicious. But once I started going with sweet stuff and savory stuff, I was just like, wow, it's so delicious in so many different ways and packs really good vitamin A and vitamin C, which is great for our immune systems and vitamin E and fiber and potassium. So it's it's a fall superfood.
1: <laughs> I love that. It's definitely become the most popular fall superfood. Uh,
0: doesn't it also have, um, it's like protein, um, pumpkin seed protein is like a very nutrient rich uh, protein for if you're plant-based, right? I've just seen it popping up um, in a lot of conversations with people who are plant-based now. It's like the pumpkin seed or pumpkin protein is, is really nutritious as well and filled with good protein as a pea alternative as well.
2: Yeah, totally. I was just going to say that. I think people really love it as a pea protein alternative and it's getting really popular this year. I've seen it in so many things, not only like in products, but you can of course buy the protein powder, which is, is good because it kind of just, you know, the unflavored ones just go perfectly in anything you want to add them to. So yeah, total, total whole (laughs) superfood.
1: Do you ever get tired of pumpkin with all your amazing, even varieties and ways that you use it?
2: Um, yes and no. I, I never get tired of the the flavor. Like I could enjoy it in anything and I'll eat that like any day, honestly, like I could have pumpkin bread every single day and still not be sick of kind of how that tastes and, and that, but I will say I, I, and I wouldn't say get sick of, but I am like, you know, at the tail end of pumpkin season, because I start things early, as you know, like this year, the book came out in July. So, I feel like since July, I have been talking about pumpkin everything. And so, by this point, I'm a little like, okay, <laughs> I'm like, okay, I have put it into everything that I can possibly put it into at this point. And like, that's all I got for the year, but um, not sick of it as a flavor. And I, it's so funny because as year round pumpkin lovers, I think you'll find this interesting. Last year in January, I posted a pumpkin recipe that I had just made and, and I was like, whatever, I'm going to post it now. I don't know if people will be like super into it in January, but it was my most popular recipe for this whole year on my site. So I was like, people were looking for that. I mean, people liked it in January. So it just goes to show that there people are not really sick of it.
1: <laughs> There's always
0: a time. Yeah. I'm yeah. never sick of it. I'm, yeah. Like I said, I keep the cans. I... I use it for everything. It's my favorite from sauces to cookies to everything. We want to take a quick break from this episode to tell you about today's sponsor and one of our favorite wellness brands, Ned. Ned produces the highest quality full spectrum CBD from organic hemp plants sourced entirely from an independent farm in Colorado. After interviewing co-founder Adrian Zimmerman on the podcast and trying their products, Ali and I were both instant fans of the products and of the company. As someone who struggles with anxiety, my favorite product is definitely the Full Spectrum Hemp Oil line. I notice a huge difference in my anxiety, sleep, and general mood when I take it consistently, so I have made it part of my daily self-care routine. Every day I use the 750 milligram tincture and do two droplets under my tongue in the morning and evening. I also love applying the hemp infused body butter to my neck and shoulders before bed as I am winding down and always use my tincture as an alternative to any pain medication if I get hit with a headache. What's great about Ned is that they also offer a North Star membership where with zero commitment, I can have my favorite products delivered monthly at an extra discount with free shipping and no annual fee.
1: I have also become a dedicated user of Ned products and have been able to replace my monthly use of ibuprofen to manage period discomfort with Ned's natural cycles, collection of salves, tinctures, and roll-ons. This collection is slow crafted with love from an extraordinary group of women and provides a more holistic anti-inflammatory and natural pain relief option. Also, I recently started incorporating Ned's limited release immunity blend tincture into my routine as well. This blend combines botanicals, herbs, and fungi to offer functional immune support. 100% of profits are donated to EcoHealth Alliance to support their fight against pandemics and promotion of conservation. If you want to check out NED and try their CBD for yourself, we have a special offer for the Courageous Wellness audience. Go to www.helloned.com slash CBD. CW podcast. That's H E L L O N E D.com slash CW podcast to get 15% off your first order plus free shipping. Thank you, Ned. We know you're going to love it. You can also find the direct link in our show notes and check out all of their wellness products. Now back to the episode. Can
0: you talk to us a little bit about your food philosophy and you know like we've mentioned seasonal eating but just what is your philosophy around food how do you create recipes year round and how do you eat too right because i think sometimes people are always curious like do you eat all the recipes you make like is it completely your philosophy how yeah so what is just your food philosophy like
2: Yeah so Definitely that kind of seasonal twist. I really draw on what's in season and that's both for stuff that I post on the blog and on my Instagram and for what I eat on a daily basis. And so that really gives me a lot of inspo. Okay, like, what are we making this week? Like, what do I have taste for? And like, how can I use like what's in season and bring that together? Um, Yeah, everything that you see On my page is stuff that I eat. I feel really passionate that I wouldn't be posting that if it wasn't something that I like to enjoy too. Um, my philosophy really centers around, um, kind of leveling the playing field for all foods instead of categorizing them and, um, eliminating them and, you know, looking at them as bad or good. Um, because I've done that in the past. And obviously it just makes you think about that one food that you can't have anymore all the time and want it. And so I'm very much like I I don't want to say the cliche of like everything in moderation, <laughs> but I really do approach my diet that way, because I know that if I'm like, okay, no sweets this week, like all I will be thinking about is like, I can't eat the thing that I just baked or, you know, and there's an aspect there too like since I am baking a lot it's like okay I know that I can enjoy any of that any of the time so it takes the pressure off I, I don't feel like oh my gosh I need to have all of these cookies right now and just really makes it where like okay I give some away I can freeze some I know that I can enjoy them at any time so it doesn't make that feel stressful and and again that was you know it took a long time to get to that sort of place as I said like being insecure with the way I looked and having body image, like issues, also like bleeds into food things. And so you start to be like, okay, I I have to limit foods or eat differently, or so and so on Instagram is doing this, I should do that. And so now I'm just, you know, really centered around listening to my body, not demonizing any sort of food and just enjoying the foods that sound good. And I think health and nutrition are such an individualized thing. So it's really hard to say like, everyone should go on this diet because it's just not right for everyone. And you really have to look inside and see what makes you feel good. What do you want to eat? And it's hard to do that when there's all these external cues telling you, you shouldn't be eating this, you should be eating that. You know, but sometimes it's a really just introspective look of like, okay, I actually function the best when I eat these types of foods. And then you go Mm -hmm. from there.
0: Yeah. And I think like back to being food positive, right? I think like being food positive and, and figuring out your own food philosophy, I do think that it it comes quicker when you are cooking though, baking and preparing your own meals. Cause even myself, that's not something, um, that's not something I I've done prior to 2020 in abundance. I will say I loved, um, to bake, but Cooking, Allie's the cook, I'm the baker. That was always our joke. Um, but the the reality is this year, right? Um, I think we've all been forced to cook more than ever before. Um, you know, and I I think this year I've had the most food freedom, food intuition, the best relationship with food I've ever had. And I really attest that to like, you know, having to cook, right? So I can see how that comes as you're preparing, baking, photographing, cooking, right? And then of course, like you said, like it, it becomes, I can make it, I can eat it. It, it takes the power away, I think from, from yeah. that thought process as well. I'm,
1: oh, sorry. I was just going to ask you on that too. I'm curious, like, were you always a good cook? I mean, just because you, just because someone becomes a registered dietitian and understands like nutrients and and like nutrition on a fundamental level doesn't mean you're necessarily good in the kitchen, but you have such a sort of like culinary creativity as a part of your brand and as a part of your job. How did that develop for you?
2: My mom has always been, uh, you know, since I've been a baby, like cooking in the kitchen, you know, that's where I've spent the most time with her. So that definitely had, had rubbed off on me and sort of where a lot of, I think, my skills in the kitchen come from. Um, so that that had always inspired me. And then um, really, honestly, though, especially on the cooking side, like the, the baking side, I will say, I think is my a little more of my strong suit, at, especially when it comes to pumpkin. However, the cooking side, I think, as I got more interested in like, okay, wow, these flavors with this flavor are like, wow, maybe we could use this as that. Um, just as sort of like my experience is broadened. And, you know, I hate talking about travel in 2020. But just as like you travel places, and you experience different cuisines, like, you feel a little bit more confident and empowered to make that in a certain way at home. And so my cooking has come by way of a lot of trial and error. I mean, I don't, I should share more about the errors so that people know how many errors there are. Um, But, you know, really just yeah that seasonal twist i think is like always my base and then i'm like okay like let me see if i can make this work if not i'll try again two more times later um but yeah i think my cultural influence too like my mom cooking also i am 100 percent polish so lots of polish food all the time and kind of seeing those flavors and then experiencing other flavors and traveling and and different cultural food had has come together to Inspire my culinary journey.
1: Hmm. That's yeah, it's fun. It's fun to watch, and I think that's a good point to say too. It's like you don't have to be one, doesn't have to be no one has to be like a a formally trained cook to figure out how to like cook at home. To really, you know, a lot of it is trial and error, and that's okay. And that's how you get good kind of at anything is like making mistakes and figuring it out as you go. that's how I've learned too. And I'm not like a great chef, but I really enjoy it. And it's so creative too. That's what I love about cooking. We're like, yeah. I think to be a good baker, like I always admire really good bakers, you guys. I'm talking to both of you, but um, because it's like chemistry, like you can't, you can't like mess around too much with a baking, um, like a, a recipe because it's like, it's basically gonna mess it up it's like it won't come out the way it's supposed to but with cooking I what I like about it and I think it's overwhelming for some people but there's like a freedom to it you can try this spice you can try that spice you can add a little bit more Add of it a little bit less and there's um you know there is a lot of trial and error but but it's not gonna like create an explosion necessarily in the oven right.
2: yeah and like you were saying kind of like all the pieces come together to help you figure out, you know, a recipe that you want to make. And that's exactly it. I mean, honestly, I I feel like I still have like a manila folder of like magazine clippings of things that I saw in like cooking magazines liked, or like just literally things from anywhere. I don't know. Like my mom had a book I took a recipe from just all these random things. And then you sort of are like, okay, and then here's my spin on it. And let's go from there.
0: Um, I'm sure this next question is going to be like asking you to choose a child, but with the release of your book and all your recipes, do you have a favorite recipe that you would recommend? Maybe like a favorite savory and a favorite sweet. Um, and if you can't pick a favorite, maybe just one to start with that you would recommend when, when browsing your website or your book.
2: Yeah, so it's it's tough, and I'm racking my brain thinking through um, all the different ones that have popped up this year and last year and the year before, but um, one, one, like, a place to start, I think, is, like, a pumpkin energy bite, because you can make that so many different ways and put so many different other ingredients in it, and it's such a fun snack, and it's like a no-bake option. So I, I love a good pumpkin energy bite. This year I made a, a pumpkin snickerdoodle bite, and they were so good. Like, I make them all the time. Um, Baking-wise, like a sweet treat, that's tough. I really do like a good pumpkin bar, and I have so many bar recipes on my site at this point. Like I have a, chickpea blonde, a pumpkin chickpea blondie bar, which is great. Um, I have like pumpkin swirl cheesecake bars, which, you know, can't go wrong. Um, c- pumpkin cookie bars. I mean, the list goes on. So I, I love a good like pumpkin infused bar with chocolate chips or, you know, swirled with cheesecake. Like all of that is good. Um, savory wise, hmm. Ooh, you know, you can't go wrong with like pumpkin ravioli, which I know sounds intimidating because maybe you don't want to make the noodles from scratch, but there's other ways you can kind of put it together without making the noodles from scratch. I just like a good pumpkin pasta dish, mm-hmm. like a pump, even a pumpkin mac and cheese is like pretty simple, but so good, like elevated from just standard mac and cheese. Yeah.
1: Ooh guys, you're, you're making me hungry. <laughs> um, so I'm like, where to next? There's so much. So you've really grown once upon a pumpkin in the last three years since you went full time. And um I'm curious, like, what is your vision for the next the next phase of your work?
2: Yeah, this is that's a great question. And uh, I think sometimes when you're so like involved in your brand and all of your projects, it's like really hard to see the future because you're like, right now I'm I'm working on this right now. And um, so it, it is it is a tough question. I would love to, to continue to grow and to share recipes and nutrition information that inspire millennial women. And something I'd really like to do in the next year too is grow the nutrition side of things a little bit more. I mean, I have been so focused on pumpkin recipes and the book was a huge undertaking. And so during all of that time, I sort of put the nutrition side of things, although I always talk about the nutrition of foods in my posts, but more so resources and things like that. Like I've sort of put that on the back burner. Um, So I'd really love to to add some things like that to my website and maybe perhaps create a a digital course that, that people could find helpful in their journey um, and that, that could be a future vision for sure. I think every fall, you know, I, I try to do more pumpkin recipes or something a little different this year. I had the book, so it's hard to, to say a vision for that next year. Um, definitely new pumpkin recipes for fall 2021 and who knows, maybe another pumpkin cookbook in the future.
0: Well, thank you so much. And thank you so much for sharing your wealth of knowledge with us here today and your courageous journey. Um, As we begin to wrap up, we always finish with three questions. How do you take care of yourself?
2: Yeah. So I recently in 2020, which I feel like everyone has had to, it's important for everyone to amp up their self-care routine, right? Because it's more important than than ever for, for everyone. So I'm like, I gotta remember that too. As an entrepreneur, sometimes it's really hard um, to prioritize that and make time for it, but I like to just have mini moments of self-care. So instead of, like waiting until the end of the week when you're feeling like burnt out and exhausted and and you need like some big, you know, event or to like just chill out. I like to kind of pepper in little moments of self care throughout the day. So honestly, whether it's just like sitting for five minutes in silence, like that could be one that's very small, but maybe if, if that's all that happens during the day, like that, that is good too. Um, I love doing little things like painting my nails. Um, reading. I love adult coloring books. And recently I've gotten into practicing calligraphy. So I find that like really relaxing. And I've been doing that just like those little moments that I think you could find mundane, just finding like mindfulness in that um, is kind of how I practice self-care on a daily basis.
1: (laughs) I know. I think that's great. And I think it's those little moments that people can actually do. That like we can do. It's not. It's not tackling. It's not. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. Like finding those little moments are, are the self care. Right. It's in that practice. Um, So the second question we ask all of our guests is: Do you have a book recommendation that has been particularly um, meaningful to you in your journey? And it can be on anything, whether food related or not.
2: Yeah. This is tough too. I, I have some good books that I have enjoyed and, and, and recently I, I need to get, you know, more into reading again, because I feel like there are so many good books that people are recommending out there and I haven't had the time to read them. But one recently that comes to mind, I think is a really brave and sort of raw story and just a really good book is, um, Glenneth Doyle's Untamed. That was a really good book that stands out. Um, really early on. And I'm not sure if this book is like super would be considered like super cheesy, but it just stuck out in my mind when you asked that question, there's a book that my friend recommended to me, who's a dietitian. And she was somebody, she is somebody that I looked up to, um, career wise. And she recommended it to me, but it's called the six, I think it's called the success principles by Jack Canfield. Um, And I remember reading that and kind of feeling really inspired to become an entrepreneur and to make stuff happen. So that sticks out in my mind.
0: Thank you so much for sharing both of those. Um, The last question that we ask is, what does being courageous mean to you?
2: I think it means following your heart and standing up for yourself and what you believe in. Um, Standing up for yourself in a way that and it could look different for everybody, but, but I think for me, you know, as we're talking about entrepreneurship and growing your own brand and food and, and food positivity, it means, um, sort of walking to the beat of your own drum and being okay with the fact that your journey is different than others journeys and being respectful of that, but also realizing that yours is a very special one that needs to be honored as well. And, um, not letting this, the fear and all of the, you know, noise out there clouding. Not let, not letting that cloud your own journey to finding self-acceptance, to growing in your career, to taking that leap of faith that you may want to, to to make a change in your life.
1: Thank you so much. We really loved having you today. So we really appreciate you being here. If anybody doesn't already follow you or um, Know where to find you. Where can they find you on the internet?
2: You can find me on Instagram at OnceUponApumpkin or onceuponapumpkinrd.com.
0: Thank you so much, Maggie, for being
1: here today.
2: Thanks for having me. This was so much fun.
1: Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week